I'm Lisa Blair, scholar, writer, and international women's consultant. And I'm David Bedrick, teacher, author, and founder of the Santa Fe Institute for Shame-Based Studies. Join us as we break down relationships, drawing from depth psychology, our work with clients, and 18 years together in romantic partnership, diving into the agony, and the ecstasy, of emotional intimacy, conflict, and connection. Let's jump in! This is In Too Deep. Hey, Lisa. Hey, David. We've here again. We're here again. <laughs> How did again. we get here? How did we get here? I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> where was, are we? <laughs> I was following a road, yellow bricks or something like that. And then, you know how that goes, Oz, and everything looks great. And then, kabang, you're somewhere wishing you were back in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> I, I was thinking you were re- referring to the road in the yellow wood. Oh, we two, ro- two, yeah, two roads. Two roads. Two roads diverging in yellow wood. wood. That was the yellow wood I thought you were talking that's about. That's right. Anyway. We just listened to that poem read by Robert Frost, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. And we yeah. were hanging on to the the ending where he shifts and he says, "Some I'll be looking at this decision some years hence yes right yes and he looks back and you kind of think well because the poem two roads divergent in a yellow wood i'll take the one less traveled by that makes sense but he's saying you that happens all the time and then but if you look at it from your future you might see oh my gosh i almost didn't do that yeah or i didn't do that yeah yeah right we were talking about that today which is kind of Related in a way to what we're thinking of talking about today. It is. We're going to skip. Um, we're skipping over bittersweet. Oh my gosh. My whole oh, system is oh boy. like, now what am I going to do? I don't know. Two roads diverged and we decided and we to the... take the non-bittersweet one. <laughs> and we hope that makes a difference. Right. Good, good. <laughs> um, what we were thinking about today was what we were calling conscious time or intentional time in relationship. And what we were thinking about uh, is a lot of times we connect throughout the day in different ways. Mm-hmm. And not like a, there's something really to focus on. Let me give you my best. Let's really put some attention on something. Mm-hmm. We kind of wander in to conversations. And sometimes the relationship gets this is gross to say, but I got to say it. Sometimes the relationship gets like the leftovers. Like, <laughs> you know, after we're done with the day, after you're done with the work, the after you're stale, done, right? crumbly, <laughs> moldy leftovers. The I'm too tired, but I'll barely listen to you with because one half, one because I should act like I'm caring, but really I'm like, you know, put the TV on yeah. or put me to sleep and I don't have much left in me. Leftovers. Yes, exactly. Those leftovers. Those, yeah. those leftovers, <laughs> yeah. yes. Or during the day, the conversation weaves in and out, and I'll like interrupt you. Lisa, I got to tell you something. You'll be in the middle of something, and then you'll maybe stop. Maybe you'll say, hey, I'm in the middle of something. But maybe you'll stop, and you'll, I'll say something, or you'll do that with me. And it, it's getting things mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not doing anything and that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. could just be like, oh, any, I, so I was really upset about this today. Right. Someone cursed me out on Facebook and, right. and you'll be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, but there's a kind of half-assedness <clears throat> about those conversations yeah. in my way of saying it. Yeah. Which, by the way, 
brings me to a point to say this season we're just gonna put we're just gonna mm-hmm. check the explicit lyrics explicit lyrics it's not <laughs> lyrics explicit language <laughs> box <laughs> right. and just say fuck it if <laughs> don't don't have anybody listen who can't be listening to curse words because mm-hmm. I'm tired of editing them out and either in the editing process or in my voice process <laughs> anyway so right. I'm that that just reminded mm-hmm. me when I said it's mm-hmm. kind of half assed it's like mm-hmm. Those conversations happen on the fly, but neither of us are really there for them. And mm-hmm. so they don't get the best of us. Yeah. Right. And then we were thinking, well, not thinking, but in the last days we we started running together again. We hadn't run together in a while. We used to run together, mm-hmm. exercise run, mm-hmm. meaning, um, and we went on different ways and you were doing more running and I have an indoor bike and whatever. Mm -hmm. We're doing different kinds of exercise. But I was saying, let's go for a run and let's make a topic Mm -hmm. for the conversation. Yeah. Like let's pick something. I can't remember what we picked that day. We picked. um, I think that day you were just like, is there anything you want support around? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want some focus on? Right. Something like that. So we made it more like, let's pick something. And then. Let's give it more conscious, we were calling it intention, mm-hmm. conscious attention, conscious intention mm-hmm. to say, let's see if we can go somewhere with that. Let's see if we can take that conversation somewhere. Let's see if I can help you. Let's see if we can learn something together. Let's see if we can connect about mm-hmm. this topic so that it, I'm making a space with my hand. So that's we cooking something. Mm-hmm. And I get the image of, from alchemy of a pot. And the, that you cook something in, right? You cook dross, you cook the shit mm-hmm. and stuff of life. Mm-hmm. And then you make something out of gold comes out of there in the alchemy process. Or a soup we cook up, Mox, our ex-therapist yeah. used to say. Yeah. You're cooking up a soup. And the alchemy pot means you have to hold something. You can't just throw in anything. And you can't just let it leak all over the place. You've got to hold it. And put a lid on it and keep a certain containment on what's being done and a certain heat. Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. put a fire under it. You don't want to put it too hot so things are boiling over. But you don't want to have it like so cool and disinterested mm-hmm. and that nothing is happening. So you get home and you got, what do you got in the pot? I don't know. You got some carrots and beans, but nothing is cooked. Yeah. There's nothing to taste. Right, right. In, in, in process work language, we call it holding edges, holding edges down yeah. when we, when you're saying, um, making, giving it a little heat, right? Yeah. In other words, what can happen, um, in conversation with anyone, but even with us, even though we work with people and we regularly try to hold edges down to yeah. like get somewhere meaningful, but even together in just our conversation, we don't always do that. And mm-hmm. so then it doesn't always go to a particularly meaningful place. Right. And instead, it's it's almost like a quote-unquote laziness in conversation. I'm not criticizing either one of us, but it's, it's just a kind of, the conversation doesn't really go anywhere. It's like we're both just saying, yeah, it's like this. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. Oh, I had that. And we're just chatting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then we noticed it doesn't always drop into a more intimate place where intimacy is being co-created. 
it, or it doesn't sort of produce anything. It doesn't get mm-hmm. anywhere necessarily. It's just, it's, and we were saying to each other, it's like squandering time instead of connecting time, instead of consciously connecting, mm-hmm. we're sort of squandering the time together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were wanting to make mm-hmm. that more intentional. How would you describe to somebody who didn't know the language of the word edge? How would you say to the audience, what's an edge? What do you mean by that word? Mm, I've always found that to be a tricky word to describe. Mm -hmm. Let's see. I would say one thing that tends to come up in me when I think of an edge is that in any given moment, and in general, but let's just stick with a moment, we, ha- we, we identify ourselves in a certain way. We have an identity present in the moment. And that identity has a boundary to it, who I am and who I'm not. And it's, if you imagine that almost like a sphere around you, it wouldn't have to be described that way, but that's the way I'm thinking of it in the moment. If there is a sphere around you, there's a limit to that sphere. And so when you are in communication or doing anything, you kind of reach the limit of your identity in that moment. And you hold yourself within that way of being, that way Mm -hmm. of thinking about yourself and that way of behaving and communicating and believing who you are. Mm -hmm. And you don't go over that limit, that edge of that sphere, let's say, into another aspect that could be in your identity or that is maybe even wanting to be expressed, but you don't go there. So that would be like coming to an edge and not crossing the edge, Mm -hmm. right? And we're often trying to work with the edge in sort of an artful way in the one-on-one sessions we do with people so that we can see through, through various signals, we can see where the identity in the moment is wanting to go beyond Mm -hmm. and we're trying to help the person go over that edge into another part of themselves that is wanting to happen Mm -hmm. that's a great description yeah would you add or subtract anything i just think of moments when that happens and what it looks like Mm -hmm. um like i'm thinking i could be a person who is relatively open to whatever we do and wherever we go and where the conversation goes. And in that case, then you could say, oh, I'm interested in this. Or I can say something and you can take the conversation somewhere. And I'd be like, oh, okay, good. That's, that's a cool spot. Let's do that. But there may be a part of me that doesn't want to go there where you just took it. Mm-hmm. I might be like, I want to stick with something or this is actually more important. Can we stick with the topic that I brought up? But if I'm the kind of person who wants to be more open, I'll get to an edge of that sphere. I'll be like, whoop. And then inside of me, something will happen as if something's saying, you can be more open. It's okay. Don't worry about it. So you'll do yours next time. Something will talk me out of going over that line to say, can we stay with the topic that I was, that I first brought up, let's say. Mm -hmm. So, we don't cross that edge. Um, and we see that a lot, you know, in what people call codependency, for instance. I think it's an edge. Mm-hmm. We could describe it without the 
pathologizing term. I'm a codependent. We got, I got some kind of disease that I should get over. Mm -hmm. I think it's useful language in the sense that it describes a very central relationship dynamic. I could give myself away, sacrifice in certain ways, put you first and ignore my own needs and voice and thing desires. Mm -hmm. And you can do that. And we can have codependency. People call that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying everything about codependency, but that can happen. But we would describe that as an edge. Oh, you're the kind of person who defers and sacrifices and doesn't bring their own needs in or wants or is desires. Is accommodating. Is accommodating. Right. Oh, a part of you probably not that way. Why don't we help you learn to go over that line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the reason why the edge is so important for what we're talking about, I'm thinking about the edge now because we listened to something about the edge from you two, right? The, the guitarist. The guitarist is, is called the edge. The edge, right, <laughs> so right. hearing. Um, <laughs> but the reason why it's so important is when the status quo gets developed and we hang out on that river that we know so well, the road that we have traveled, right? If we mm -hmm. can, right. Anyway, <laughs> get back to that. We're just pulling it all back <laughs> in. Yeah, okay. The road, so if we travel that road over and over and over, then it gets to be a comfort. Yeah. But then it doesn't provoke something new doesn't provoke the intimacy it doesn't provoke us to go on a different road mm -hmm. but going off of the edge does and then the relationship grows the individuals grow because ooh, i'm being somebody a little different than i used to be mm -hmm. and that takes a little personal growth and work and mm -hmm. the reasons why given my traumas and histories i don't act that way mm -hmm. but i have to learn i have to personally grow mm -hmm. go into shadow territory somebody might call it mm -hmm. and you do and then the relationship also gets nudged and pushed to do something different. And at that different spot, a certain intimacy happens. Because, whoa, yes. I'm not used to being this way. It's a could be fierce, but in that fierceness, I'm vulnerable. The vulnerability is I'm doing something that I'm not only at ease in myself. Right. So even if I'm saying, I'm upset, I'm like, but I'm really not used to saying that. <laughs> Are you okay? Don't like, mind me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I'm wanting to say a little description that I sometimes use with my clients to describe what happens at the edge. You were referring to it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I talk about going over the edge as if, if you imagine you're in a land territory and there's a stream and there's a bridge that goes over into another territory. Mm -hmm. And the, the edge is like that stream, let's say. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking of wandering over that bridge into this new territory, into this new part of your self, identity, whatever, into a new experience of yourself. Mm -hmm. And a little troll comes up from under the bridge and stops you on the bridge and says, do you really want to go there? I don't think that's such a good idea. Get back over to where you came from. You're being a jerk, you know, whatever. It says anything it can come up with. And most people have pretty pre predictable scripts that they've heard a million times. You, yeah. Sometimes you call it your inner critic or what have you. But something comes up, that troll comes up and says, do not proceed over this bridge right. at your own peril, right? right. So then you go or, back and you say, oops, sorry. Or if you did go over, then the next day it says, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> right. You screwed up. Yeah. And the difficulty and the tension that you're creating in the relationship, which is a difficulty and tension that creates something new, yeah. let's disempower the creative juice that yeah. was in this discomfort that we created right. and get snap yourself back to the status quo where there isn't hap nothing's happening because it does create a little awkwardness yeah. or tension or, or conflict, conflict right? right or stress or whatever or hurts 
right. all kinds of things that can right. happen or over that edge. Nights, or sleepless or nights. Or sleepless So then you want to like, I'm You're sorry. Like, ah. I should never have done that. Let's go back to being <laughs> David and Lisa the way they were yesterday. Yeah. Or 10 years ago or whatever. <laughs> it is. Or when, I was, when I was six with my mother and father probably. <laughs> Let's go back to that guy because... You know, I know how to be him, more or yes. less. You know? and he was not threatening. <laughs> he was not way, threatening. Right? Right? He was a very sweetheart. <laughs> right. He was so terrified of his own home, so he never did anything. <laughs> right. He was like, hi, I'm shy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't hurt me. Right. We Yeah, we call that whole experience after you've gone over the bridge yeah. and then all the shit that happens after that, that's backlash. Right. That's like, oh, you get, you know, lashes on your back for having gone over that, right. <laughs> that edge. So what we're kind of talking about is... Conscious communication, intentional communication. And one of the things that we're adding to that, which I think is new and different for to give people a they call added benefit, is that what they call that in terms of what we're offering? Mm-hmm. Some people would say conscious intention and time could be like listening really. Right. Okay, I'm going to really be here for you. I'm not just going to give you the sloppy seconds, you know, of yeah. the day. Yeah. And you're not going to really listen to me. Mm-hmm. But we're saying something more. Mm. We're saying not just listening is listening and speaking, let's say, but not just listening like that, but we're listening for edges. Mm. That's a different listening. I'm not just like, I'm really hearing you, Lisa. I really got you. Let me play back the fact that I understand what you're saying and empathize. Beautiful. Yeah. But we're talking about listening that has a special intention and that intention creates an intimacy, not just a support system. Mm-hmm. And the intimacy comes when I listen and say, mm, you just got to a spot and didn't say something. You just got to a place where you were uncomfortable and retreated. Keep going with that. Mm-hmm. You just started getting upset about something and then went, yeah, anyway, can you go back to the upsetness? Mm. Or you just look like something really made a dent in you, like you got a little watery in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you went, anyway, right? And I noticed that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the conscious intention we're talking about is noticing these spots. We used to call them hot spots and mm-hmm. cool spots. Mm-hmm. Noticing these little moments that we all kind of like ignore Mm-hmm. Right, a double signal, mm-hmm. um, saying a word but making a mistake and saying another word, mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. or things that could be provocative that we back off on. Yeah, we're saying that's the spot. Yes, that's where the intimacy juices the road not taken. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm and I and I love what you're saying, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> How the heck are our listeners going to do this? <laughs> How the heck are they going to do it? We're kind of trained in in listening and looking for things like that, That's right? That's a good question. Uh, but I'm just laughing also because this morning, um, shortly after I got up, you, you said, so how you doing today? And I said, I, I said, I'm kissing ass. And then I laughed and i said i meant i'm kicking ass right. and taking names right. but we had this big laugh about how i was i had this basically like a freudian slip saying right. i'm kissing ass and taking names right, right, like right. anybody mm-hmm. want me to kiss their ass just sign up right here right, and right, I'll, right. You know, I'll do it for you, you right. know? when really i meant i'm kicking ass and taking names right. like i'm not doing with this shit anymore right. you know i'm making changes yeah. or something so anyway so why am I saying that? I'm saying that because it was a signal moment. It was like an example of yeah. a moment where I said I have a I said one thing and meant another. Yeah. And we have enough of a shorthand in our language together in our conversation together that we knew exactly what I was talking about yeah. and we even knew the the funny part of it which is that I am too accommodating and mm. I do yeah 
caretake too much and, and all these things. And lately you've been things. thinking, I'm kissing ass too much. Like, I'm, I'm giving myself away. And you get like a little grump, right? I get a grumpy about, <laughs> yeah. grumpy about that. So, so that was kind of the funny thing, but it's meaningful in the sense that that's an edge, right? right. That's an edge for me to, to be less quote unquote kissing ass, being less accommodating, more kicking, less caretaking. Less kissing. That's right. More <laughs> kicking, less kissing. Right. <laughs> so yeah. that would be an example yeah. of something. But I like your question. How can people do that activity that we've been practicing and trained in like we're like martial arts, you know, we are mm-hmm. been practicing for a long time. So we have a yeah. certain belt. Right. Right. I'm not, let me take issue with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could get training. I think that's great. People should get training in, in edge work. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I teach that in my cohorts. It's right. one of the things that I'm doing all the time. That's the reason why I work somatically with people is because you take them into the body and they go into territory that's unknown. They go over edge edges. Mm-hmm. Over, we used to call it growing edges, edges or uncomfort zones. Mm-hmm. But this language that people know intuitively, mm-hmm. it's not the same skill, but they know it. They know language of comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? Go out mm-hmm. of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. If you went out of your comfort zone next time you got together with your partner or your friend, mm-hmm. where would you go? What would come out of you? Mm. What might you do or say that wouldn't? Or another question, if you were gossiping mm. about the friend or partner that you were mm-hmm. wanting to engage with, if you were gossiping freely with somebody who was not going to share your secrets mm-hmm. and you could say anything to them, you could be in a bad mood and say, eh, that fucking asshole, you know, mm. it could be like you're the person right. you love the most. Right, you right. could just be in a, in a thing. Yeah. What would you say? What words and tones and styles would come out? Because mm-hmm. those things don't come into relationship mm-hmm. usually. And then you might think, maybe bringing those in is an edge. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should go over the edge. And how you do that is an art and caring for the person and also going over that line. But encouraging yourself over those lines, I think people know those kinds of, yeah. th- kinds of things. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking about language that I, I think we used it in one of the episodes of season one, but whether we did or not, um, it we call them taboo statements. Yeah. Or I called them taboo statements at one point. And the taboo-ness mm-hmm. around it is speaking from like a, like a safer way to make a taboo statement. So we're not just saying, just let it rip, you know, take your gloves off and say whatever the hell you want to your partner. That's not exactly what we're saying. We're saying bring in a feeling that's that you wouldn't normally bring in in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like I'm noticing I feel a bit resentful. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing I'm kind of angry about that. I'm noticing I'm hurt. I was mm-hmm. hurt when you said that. So that's so you can probably hear there's a kind of taboo-ness in what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Normally, I would just go along with what you're saying. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm fine, da-da-da. But mm-hmm. I'm bringing in a feeling that's a little bit edgy to bring in. Mm-hmm. You were saying earlier today, you used the word sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And I think you were referring to in this conscious communication time, I think you're referring to a kind of respect that you would like to be given mm-hmm. or a 
or is it just the consciousness of this is where you want to go? That is that is this is the sovereignty that you were thinking of? I want to take things where I want as the queen, so to speak. I have a direction and I want to make it happen. Or were you thinking about a certain respect that happens for you, or mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or something? New that's coming up in the moment. I just had, I just wrote their word down, so I yeah. was like thinking about it. And I, was yeah. I couldn't remember what you were exactly referring to. Well, let's see what comes up in the moment. I I think what I was and generally refer to around sovereignty is staying close to myself and my own experience, oh. and responding from that place Mm. rather than from a more habitual way of responding, Mm -hmm. which could include being more quote unquote caretaking say of your, what I imagine your feelings will be or, or deferring maybe Mm -hmm. to the way you're characterizing in an interaction that we've had. I see. So I'm trying to stay close to myself. Oh, it tends to require a bit of I'm sitting more upright, literally or figuratively. I'm aware more of my boundaries. I might be slightly less warm in my own mind, at least, to how I'm interacting because I'm trying to not just ooze mm. into a very familiar way of interacting with you. So I'm trying to stay a little bit closer to something true and authentic in myself. And I think also when I bring up sovereignty, there's something like taking care of my needs, having Mm -hmm. my needs be front and center for me, be Mm -hmm. a priority for me. What do I need in this moment? Rather, again, than deferring to what I think you need and just automatically accommodating that. Yeah, yeah. That's deep. It's a sense of like, it's as if there's edges that many people have the same ones of. For instance, it's an edge for people in a relationship to stay close to themselves without having a conscious intention. Yes. Some people do that easier. I understand that. And some people less so. But there's a sense of... I'm almost imagining as I'm talking to you, I'm like looking away from you so that mm-hmm. I'm looking away. My eyes are closed. I, I noticed I took my glasses off. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm listening to you, but I'm trying to stay close to me. What what comes up in me as she says that? So I'm hearing what you're saying, but I'm seeing what happens inside of me when you say it. Mm-hmm. What's my What feelings, what body experiences, what wants to come out of me in my bored and I want to take it somewhere else am I fascinated by only one thing that you're saying is it remind me of something really profound that that there's a lot of emotion to it mm-hmm. staying close to myself mm-hmm. actually and most people have that relatedness of I'm looking at you you're looking at me and so we're I'm relating we're caring for each other supporting each other paying attention to how things affect the other person mm-hmm. but we're talking about this sovereignty maybe is a common edge for many people. How do you stay close to yourself? Because mm-hmm. in, in therapy, this is very common for lots of people. Mm-hmm. I have sometimes have to say, how does that feel for you? And then they'll just start talking. I'll say, take a moment, go inside. And then often if they're open to that, they'll close their eyes and they'll look down mm-hmm. and they take a moment. Mm-hmm. So they're going inside now to relate to me. Even with a therapist who's there for them, mm-hmm. they're still relating to me. Mm-hmm. 
not always going inside and staying close to themselves where the depths of them are. And anyway, just a general edge, maybe. Definitely. That we all have to a certain level of sovereignty, our belief in ourselves and how amazing and important and and rightful our ownership of our spaces or something like that. And and I think I, I dare to say that I think there's also a sexist element mm-hmm. to what we're talking about, meaning that it I don't have evidence or data about this, but that but anecdotally I would say that women generally speaking, not true for all women and not true for all men, but gen- women generally speaking have a conditioning, a social cultural conditioning to be overly related to the other and to be accommodating and to be caretaking Mm -hmm. and to be listening and all that goes with that. And so to actually stay close to oneself is a kind of Mm -hmm. revolutionary act in any given moment. Right. And that, that as you say, even in therapy, even when we are with a person there to support their experience, we're not in a romantic relationship where we're, you know, okay, we're going to give and take here in a right. mutual way, but we're here to support their experience. Still, it can be very difficult to stay close to one's experience. Yeah. And sometimes, um, whether it's look, closing one's eyes and actually feeling inside one's body to connect to that, or looking mm-hmm. out a window and just averting the gaze so that you can connect with something besides I'm looking at you, I'm focused on you, now I'm just responding to you in that way, but I'm not actually mm-hmm. close to myself. Yeah. But I think that mm-hmm. bringing it back to what we were saying in around this conscious time, conscious connecting, yeah. that we're suggesting that that's a, that's a really important part of that kind of time. Yeah. But I want to support your gender thing, your gender um, framing mm-hmm. for what's happening. Because there was a study done many years ago, and maybe things have changed. I don't know. And the study was of girls and boys. Mm-hmm. I remember. I can't remember how old they were, mm-hmm. but now I'm making up twelve. I don't know. Yeah. There were girls and boys playing sports, and let's say there's let's say it's they're both playing softball games. I can't remember what the game was. Yeah. And then with the boys, something happens. So there's a disagreement, mm-hmm. right? Or somebody gets hurt. Or somebody hits, gets, throws the ball and they hit somebody. And a conflict happens, mm-hmm. right? And then what happens is they kind of go, let's get back to the game. Mm-hmm. And they, they have it out and, and they leave some of the feelings out mm-hmm. and they finish the game. Mm-hmm. And when the girls, when that happened, they all rally around and decide the game is not that important. Mm. But the feelings mm. for each other and how we're getting along is the main thing. Mm-hmm. Who cares about the stupid game? Mm-hmm. We have a relationship difficulty amongst us. Right. So there's a beauty to both. Absolutely. Right? There's a yeah. beauty to, hey, who gives a shit about the game? This is not a competition. Right. I love you. Let's put everything aside. Yeah. But then there's that the relationship is more important and maybe we don't finish the game. Right. And maybe the game is something important. It's not a game only. So right. maybe the game is there's something really, there's an issue I really want to raise with you. And yeah. I don't want to make it okay with you. I actually want to get somewhere right. with you. Right. Like, let's right? get back to the main event, so let's to speak. Back to if the main, the main event. event is the place we're trying to go in this conscious connecting yeah. moment, right? Yeah. Rather than 
staying for too long on the feeling, the difficult feeling that came up. Right. Or something, let's do right? that. Like, but let's not forget. Yeah. The job. Right. So to speak, or the task, right? Yeah, both are so important. Yeah. Yeah. Let's stop on the way to your PhD and take care <laughs> of your feelings. But get back in there and right. finish the damn thing. Right, right. You know, like right. you're almost through your third year. You're yeah. working on your dissertation already. You <laughs> right. are. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. there's a lot of feelings and let's hold those. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to patronize you and think, oh, poor you, this is so difficult mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. for more than moments, right? Right. There'll be moments for, for that. Right. But it's also like, hey, you're going to get a freaking PhD. Yeah. And that's also who I'm talking to. You <laughs> right, know? right. You, you have that, somebody may call it a male part. It's a yeah. culturally viewed male yeah. part. But get More it back on the court. Part. And I know your knees right. are hurting and your foot got hurt from the cleats and this bleeding. Finish the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of a thing. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was an interesting discussion. Yeah. About conscious communication and intention mm-hmm. and sovereignty and staying with yourself mm-hmm. and, and gender and the up. edge. Yeah. We've got to talk more about edges. It's something I don't always want to talk about because I think it's complicated, but I think we can make it less complicated. I like that mm-hmm. idea of mm-hmm. making it less complicated yeah. and, and, and sort of just briefly circling back to that for a moment and, and your thoughts about that, like that, as you said, people are still aware of things. They, they may not have the language coded in their head that, that what they're looking at is an edge in their partner or themselves. Right. But, but you can feel it. People feel it. And like you said, whether there's a moment where they or their partner stumbles over language or doesn't finish a sentence or gets awkward or pulls away or mm-hmm. or you both start laughing hysterically yeah. right there's yeah. a lot of moments where things like get awkward uncomfortable excited mm-hmm. uh distant especially distant yeah. quiet you know yeah. so those are all moments where you can explore together what just happened yeah. gosh we just burst out laughing what was that? There was something funny about what we just did and making and finding something meaningful in that. Or, wow, we both just got really awkward and quiet. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. We must have come to a spot mm-hmm. where we feel kind of uncomfortable yep. about saying something or going somewhere. Yeah. Let's talk about that more. I like that. I like your momentary focus. Because I'm thinking of something slightly different. Mm. I'm thinking that most of us know about the edges after conversations mm. and we could go back and have the next one ah that's also. why you're saying the gossip thing. yeah because i might kind of go mm. you know lisa i just hung out with so and so we had a good time but you know mm-hmm. they're always doing yeah. this and they're never doing that right and this does never makes me comfortable we can then say that's an edge right right you got to an edge to do something with that experience that feeling yes you could decide i never want to do it but you might think if it's a long-term partnership, which is one of the focuses of In Too Deep. Right. If I continue having this thing that I kind of go, yeah, I feel this way. Yeah, uh, I feel this way. Yeah, I feel this way. Then you at a continual long-term edge. Oh, I right? love what you're And then saying. you might want to say, let's have a conversation about this. Yes. You know? I yeah. love what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that gets me so excited. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's like I get so excited in part because... Everybody knows these things about yeah. their own relationships. You get together with your friends and you talk about it, right? Yeah. I get together with my therapist. I don't have, or she both, our therapist died. Right. And I would say, if I was talking about you, I'd say, one of the things that happens with Lisa, and I was talking yeah. about our edges, right. basically, You'd right? You'd be gossiping, so I'd be gossiping right. about 
Yeah. Right. So in the, in a sense, what we're saying is if you have these repeated experiences with your partner, let's say, or it could be a friend or it could be a relative, whatever yeah. the intimate relationship is that you're focused on. Can it be my dead father? Because he's not here anymore, but I still have edges. There's still things I've been wanting to say to him. <laughs> Don't complicate okay, matters, okay, okay. David. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So if you were with that person and we're having experiences and then went and talked to that that uh, best friend or trusted something or God or whomever, right? Yeah. Who you were like going to tell all to, right? And then what would you be saying? And what is the thing that you say regularly about this partner, friend, relative, whatever? What's the thing that you would gossip about regularly? The, you're always the, they're always this, yeah. they're never the, you know, whatever. Always and never I, are great words. Yeah, always and never. That'll, <laughs> yeah. that'll point in the right direction. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> and then you think, oh, that's interesting. I don't bring up X yeah. or Y. I don't say, this is bothering me. Yeah. I'm unhappy about this. Yeah. I'm wanting this. I'm really hoping for this. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The thing is that you're edged out, I'm putting quotes around that, yeah. to bring into that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's here. what we're talking about. <laughs> that's a God. conscious, conscious, <laughs> non-squandering... <laughs> Road not taken conversation is what we're talking That's about. Basically, what it's the okay yellow brick yellow brick, see, yellow brick road that uh, that the Oz is really won't says you'll never get you'll never get anywhere with this going on that road all the time. Exactly. Okay. Did you know when we started talking about the road not taken that it would be a good metaphor for what we were talking about? You mean earlier in this yeah, conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it could be. Yeah. Because I made it, I brought it up because something said and reminded me of Robert Forrest. I don't remember what it was, but I wasn't thinking, oh, that would be a good metaphor for conscious time, conscious communication. Right. The, the road not taken is what makes it conscious. Well, actually, David, yeah. you brought up the yellow brick road, right. and I brought up the Robert okay. Frost poem okay, right. about the road not taken right. in the yellow wood. Because right. you said the yellow, and I, right. that's what I thought of because we were just right. talking about that poem earlier today. But no, I, I did, in that moment, yeah. I wasn't thinking about yeah. it. I just thought that's what you were going to refer yeah. to. But very shortly thereafter, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, yeah. I think I hadn't had the insight that conscious communication might require, if it's going to be a deep conscious intention, mm-hmm. might require going over an edge, going, taking a different road than you've taken. Yes. That might be the fruits, the gifts, the yeah. alchemy. And I hadn't thought of that at all when mm. we were just like poetically wandering, you know, Yellow Brick Road and, and Robert Frost. I hadn't had any sense, but I love how life I know. becomes more intelligent than, than I am. You know? Yes. And yeah. I got to give you some major creds right no, now. No, I'm giving you some No, no. You I took did, the no, creds for no, the I, Robert Frost. I did. I you just did. took them. Okay. You stole them from mine. me. Back. No, 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 no. They were mine. <laughs> I stole them. But uh, you stole them <laughs> and then I stole them back. Took your stone back. Okay. <laughs> okay. But this is the creds I'm giving you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that <laughs> you brought in a whole nother element because we hadn't we hadn't talked through this conversation before no. we just recorded this episode but you brought in a whole nother element to this conversation which is absolutely central which is the idea of the edge and bringing in the the communication that is what I then called taboo statements, I hadn't thought of that aspect of it yet. I was just thinking, 
about the idea of making time to consciously connect versus sort of quote unquote more lazy time of just chit chatting and it not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think about exactly how to make that more meaningful. And so Mm -hmm. you brought in that information about the edge and going over that and noticing that. And I'm like, hello, Mm -hmm. that is the whole thing here. So kudos to you. I'm going to do something. Okay. What? I'm going to promise our audience two more episodes at some point that break off from this okay one is conscious you know time. this is being recorded and okay so we have to do it then one is conscious communication conscious time around money because money has a lots of edges around it okay and that get passed over because we're like 10 and 10 is 20 and then and divided by sixes and, and all that stuff and okay. there's all kinds of feelings and difficulties and competitions and who contributes what and what i'm comfortable with and what I think you're doing too much of and not enough of and all those and my history and your history, all those things are edges in the, around the money thing. I think money is one. And then the other is sex. The other is sex. <laughs> because we know from research mm-hmm. the two most difficult conversations mm-hmm. there are, the ones that cause the most trouble, mm-hmm. talking about sex, talking about money. Shoo-wee. Because they and why? Because there's edges. Mm-hmm. Because we don't say things, express things. We're ashamed of whatever. Mm-hmm. We're too poor. We're too rich. We're mm-hmm. ashamed of our awkwardness about sex and what we want and what we don't want and mm-hmm. how we got hurt as children. All these different things make those topics. They need a very specific focus about the edges and the care around those two mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have officially written it down. Okay, okay, we're going to do gonna, it. We're going to hold ourselves to this. Okay. So, okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Lots of love Lots to of all love. of you. Bye. If you like this episode or learned something new, we would love if you would spread the love on social media and tell a friend about our podcast. As you know, word of mouth is everything. And if you really want to put a smile on our faces, subscribe to our podcast so you can be sure to receive all our future episodes. And while you're at it, write us a review on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. To learn more, visit intodeep.com. That's I-N-T-W-O-D-E-E-P.com. Music is In Orange Groove by Raphael Pistachio. Into Deep is a Belly Song Press production.